Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning. Welcome to Apple Turnover for April 10th, 2023. My name is Brian, and the Mets dropped the series finale against the uh, Miami Marlins 7-2 on another uninspired outing from Carlos Carrasco. I don't want to be that guy who is calling somebody washed after two starts, but Cookie has not looked very good this season. He missed a start in spring. He's just been... I don't know, man. I My dad used to say that uh, someone who can't dance blames the band. And it feels like maybe a lot of what's happening with Cookie, people have attributed to maybe the pitch clock. And I just feel like that's probably a small part of it. But ultimately, if you're blaming the pitch clock for your lack of success, there's probably more to it than just that. And I'm not saying the Cookie is going all in on that excuse. I just think that it's a convenient one for folks to make when they don't want to maybe look at Carrasco is just somebody who is maybe a little bit past his prime right now or maybe is hurt and uh, isn't being honest with the team or the team's not being honest with the media about it, right? So, you know, is any of that absolutely true? I have no idea, but it just feels like something else is going on here with Carrasco, and I don't know exactly what that is, but it's a bummer to see because, you know, the Mets were relying on him to be their fifth starter, and it is certainly already a bit of a bleak situation with Peterson and McGill getting this many innings this early in the season. And so, you know, if Carrasco was hurt or supremely ineffective, I suppose Verlander should be back soon enough, but we don't really know that yet. So who are you giving his spot to in the rotation? Joey Lucchese? Dylan Bundy? I don't feel great about those options. And so I think that the long and short of it is, is that Carrasco is here to stay, at least for now until a better option presents itself, whatever that better option is, whether that's a returning Verlander if Peterson and McGill are still looking hot, whether that's, um, you know, a free agent signing, although I don't know who that's going to be, a trade, though I don't know who that's going to be. You know, it's just this is a reminder that you can never have too much quality starting pitching depth or depth anywhere in your roster. Injuries happen. Things will shake out. Sign more players. 
every team's mantra should be sign as many players as they can afford to sign. The only other real bit of news from the game today is that Starling Marte left the game with a neck strain. He's considered day-to-day. This happened after he slid into third base. Um, it looked like his head maybe collided with Gene Segura's knee. So, I mean, a neck strain is not great, but hopefully Marte just misses a day or two of action and then uh, is fine. But, you know, it's the Mets, so who knows. RIP Starling Marte? I couldn't tell you. You know, the game today was a little bit frustrating because of Carrasco, but also the Mets' bats went a little bit more silent today. And, uh, yeah, you know, not a great game for the Mets. But they took two or three. They're back on the right track. They are at 500 going into a series with the San Diego Padres. And speaking of a series with the San Diego Padres, I was joined by the uh, man behind the Talking Friars podcast network here on FFSN. His name is Ben Fadden, and we previewed the series starting tomorrow. So enjoy that. Go to homerunapplesauce.com, uh, yeah, for our Patreon and more. Follow me on Twitter at BrianNeedsANap. And until next time, let's go Mets. All right, well, I am joined by Ben Fadden of uh, Fans First Sports Network, like myself. He is over at Talking Friars. Um, ben, first of all, I'm still mad about the postseason, but I'm willing to look past that uh, for this podcast chat. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, like I said, still a little salty about the way that the postseason went, but you know, um, it is what it is. We'll have to uh, we'll have to move past that. So, uh, starting Monday, the Mets welcome the Padres in for a three-game series. How are you feeling about the state of your team? Uh, we are recording this before Sunday's game, so both teams are at five and four right now. How are you feeling about the early season for the Dads so far? Uh, it could be better, uh, but it could be worse. You know, it's it's there's been some signs, some discouraging signs, but then some encouraging signs. Like I'll start encouraging with Trent Grisham in center. I know he torched the Mets in the playoffs. Uh, that's kind of how he's doing right now. Uh, so that's very encouraging. Xander Bogarts is off to one heck of a start uh, in a Padres uniform. Power is not really what you think of with Xander Bogarts, but that's what we've seen, uh, at least at Petco. We saw that power. Uh, there's been good pitching performances out of Michael Walker last night. Seth Lugo, he's starting tonight. So you'll miss him. Uh, Nick Martinez. Yeah, um, there's been some surprising pitching performances there, but there's also discouraging signs as well with the catching situation with Austin Nola. Still can't throw anyone out, and you you just hope that you can get something from him offensively. Uh, Juan Soto's been struggling, which hopefully that can stop you know tonight and he can get hot in that Met series. Uh, but I'm not worried about him long term or anything, obviously. Same thing with Manny. Um, Manny's still playing great defense. The bullpen, that has been a little discouraging. I mean, Josh Hader. Okay, so there's seven guys in the bullpen. But I really say six because you're only going to get to Hader if you have a lead in the ninth inning. Like, they're not pitching in multiple innings, and they're not going to pitch him, really, unless they have that lead. So that, that's a little frustrating. Uh, especially when I don't think they're going to bring him back after this year. So I, I just want to get the most that we can out of him. Um, and Because after Hayter, Robert Suarez is hurt. Adrian Morajon is hurt. Drew Pomerantz is hurt. So it's Luis Garcia. And it's 
you know, Tim Hill, Stephen Wilson, Brent Honeywell, Nabil Chrismat as long men, and Domingo Tapia, I guess, as a long man. And he wouldn't even be on the roster if some if one other reliever was healthy. Uh, if Musgrove was healthy, maybe it'd be a five-man rotation. So Martinez or Lugo, probably Martinez would be in the bullpen, which would have Tapia not be on the roster. So yeah, the, the bullpen's not doing great right now. Um, it's been better the last couple games. A lot of guys are hurt. That That's really what it is. And we're just trying to survive until Fernando comes back, until Musgrove comes back, until some of the relievers come back. For those of us that aren't following the Padres day by day, how long is it until you feel like the team will be more complete? Are we talking a month? Are we talking two months? Are we talking two weeks? You know, what's the general time frame here? Yeah, I'd say mid-May. So it's probably be a while. Uh, Tatis should be back April 20th, weather permitting, because uh, he ha- still has, I think, like 11 games left on his suspension. Um, Musgrove, looks like he's going to miss the Mets series, so that's good for you. Um, don't need Buck going out there checking the ears again. Um, he's going to go probably March, or not March, April 16th. That's probably when his return's going to be. Uh, then Pomerantz, Morhone, who the heck knows with them? Mm-hmm. Pomerantz, I'm just hoping we can get something out of him this year. And then Suarez, I'm hoping by the end of this month. But yeah, to answer the question, mid-May, I'd say. Okay. I mean, that... You know, it seems like the National League West is. I mean, look, it, it's it's not it's not the best division in baseball necessarily, but it's also not. It's a relatively competitive division. So as long as they can sort of stay in the hunt through mid-May, you're feeling pretty good about things. Yes, I think they have the talent offensively, and when they get the pitching back, you know, healthy, yeah, they, I, I think they can win the division. I'm not worried about the team. I know Padres Twitter. Oh my goodness. It's it's just hell whenever the Padres do something bad. Uh, some people think that Padres shouldn't give Juan Soto an extension or shouldn't they should just trade him because he's hitting under 200. It's just it's wild. But no, I'm not worried. Yeah, well, I mean, look, coming from Mets Twitter, I <laughs> fully understand what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Soto struggling for the first two weeks of the season is nothing to worry about. No. Let's let, let's check in with him in July and see how things are going, and uh, then we'll see. Um, before we get to the Mets series in particular, are you are you most worried about the Dodgers in terms of the West, or is there somebody else? I mean, I, I don't think anybody believes that Arizona's first place uh, stance is going to last too much longer here. Yeah, Dodgers is the team. I, I feel like some Padres fans, just because of the team we have on paper, are saying, "Oh yeah, Padres definitely winning the division." The Dodgers, they're not going to be close. I think it's going to be close just because the Dodgers, they always find a way. For the first uh, game of the series, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Hugh Darvish versus Max Scherzer. Scherzer had a uh, a very, very bad start. His last uh, timeout, giving up five runs in five and a third innings to the Brewers. Um, you know, Scherzer has not been the Scherzer of old this season yet. Not that he's been terrible. His first, his first start... The first uh, five innings went very well. The sixth didn't go so well, and then the second start was rough. Darvish only made one start in part because of the WBC. Um, how do you feel about Darvish in 2023 right now? Well, right now, I don't think he's going to be at his best, so the Mets are probably catching him at 
the right time. Uh, but I'm not worried about him long term this season. Like he's he's one of the guys just in Major League Baseball that he's a veteran. You know he's going to prepare. You know that he's going to show up. Health wise, I'm not even really worried about him. Like he always finds a way for the most part to make his start. So all the pitches that he has, uh, just the way he prepares, definitely not worried about him. The strikeouts, they're they're usually going to be there, and he's usually going to give at least six innings. Yeah, I mean, he's he is one of the more consistent pitchers um, in the West, for sure, in terms of just, you know, over the course of a season, you look at Darvish's numbers, and they look almost the same year to year. He's just incredibly consistent. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that if Scherzer is back to his old self, this this should be a game the Mets have a chance at, but if sure as it looks like he did on Tuesday night. Uh, Has it been the home runs? Still home run prone? It, it's been the home runs a little bit, but I, I think in general, it's also, you know, how can I say this? I think for a lot of a lot of elite players, we forget that they are aging in the same way that everybody else ages because a lot of times their aging curve is a little bit slower than everybody else's. But... I think Scherzer's 39 and maybe is starting to look like most pitchers look at 35, but he's just looking at it at 39 now, right? Where he's just, right. he, he is just not as sharp as he once was. But again, last season he was fantastic. So hopefully this is just a blip, you know, along his season. Um, game two, we have Ryan Weathers versus David Peterson. David Peterson has been, um, you know, he was sort of thrust into the rotation when Jose Quintana went down for the first half of the season and Peterson is, you know, he's your typical lefty. He's kind of a junk baller. He nibbles around the plate. He is incredibly frustrating to watch at times because of that. But he's, um, you know, he, he had a, a very good first start and a very bad second start, much like Max Scherzer. So we'll see. How is Weathers looking so far this season? I think he's been looking better. I mean, Padres fans, we, we saw last year, he really sucked at AAA, uh, struggled. I know El Paso, like, you kind of have to take the numbers not with what it is, like, take it with a grain of salt just because of how easy it is to hit there. Uh, but, yeah, he he was out of whack mechanic-wise last year. And this year, he's kind of changed his windup, kind of gone over the head. Um, and he's attacking the zone more, just more aggressive, it feels like. Uh, the fastball, I mean, maybe it's just because it's the beginning of the season, but the fastball looks like it has a lot of zip on it. So I'm encouraged by what I've seen so far. Weathers, I thought he pitched pretty good his first start, um, and he kept the Padres in it. And that's all you really want from Ryan Weathers right now if you're a Padres fan. I'm sure that's kind of like with Peterson with the Mets right now. Exactly, yeah. As long as he's keeping you in the game, you're okay. And then the finale, uh, the dads have not announced a starter yet, but Tyler McGill be going for the Mets. Tyler McGill thrust into the rotation when Justin Verlander went down. Um, shouldn't be in there much longer. He's made two starts, both pretty good. Um, last year, he also had an incredible April. So maybe this is just we should get him just starting in April and then uh, ship him off someplace else. Uh, any clue as to who you think the Padres will start on the 12th? I think it would be Nick Martinez because usually after... Or, no, 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 it might be Snell. It might be Snell, because Snell has not gone yet. So opening day was Snell, Martinez was after that, and Darvish slotted in as the sixth right before Snell made his next start. So I think it would be Snell. 
because they're they flip flop Darvish with weather or Darvish and Weathers uh-huh. because they wanted Darvish to pitch in that every like fifth day. So I think that they're going to go back to a five man rotation at some point when Musgrove returns because he's also going on the every fifth day schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so the six man rotation is about to be done, I would think. But yeah, I, I think it would be Snell. Um, and he's yeah, he's frustrating to watch right now. Um, you think he's going to have a great first half because Bob Melvin and Blake Snell are saying, yeah, this is the best that he's felt, the, the, the best that he has looked or prepared going into a season, which I think is kind of embarrassing because you're an ace, and now, just because it's your walk year, now you're wanting to be ready for the start of the year. It's just frustrating, but you think it's going to change, and then it doesn't. You know, first two outings, a lot of pitches, doesn't give the Padres length, Walks three guys in a row, I think it was, uh, in that last start against Atlanta. Threw more balls than strikes. Yeah. Um, the Mets probably should be patient uh, in that game if they face Blake Snell. Because, Blake, you got to make him beat you instead of you beating yourself. That's what I would tell the Mets lineup. Okay. I'll pass that along if I can. Yeah. Um, when the rotation goes down to five men, who do you think are the five that are going to remain? Yeah, so Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Waka, and then I'd lean towards Lugo with Martinez going to the bullpen. Martinez could go to the rotation. Uh, Lugo could go to the bullpen. We know Lugo obviously has that experience. But Martinez, he hasn't provided the length that Mar- that Lugo has so far this year. Maybe this will change based on tonight with Lugo starting against the Braves on Sunday Night Baseball. But Lugo, he came to the Padres because the Padres said, yeah, we're going to give you a chance to start. And I think this is pretty early in the year to say, no, we're just going to send you the bullpen now. Where Martinez, right. yeah, they they gave the chance for Martinez to start, but he's definitely a team player willing to do whatever the Padres ask of him. And I, I think it just comes down to length right now. And Lugo has been giving more length to the Padres. And having an extra long man like Martinez, that will definitely help the bullpen. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Lugo shakes out as a starter. You know, I I really enjoyed watching Seth Lugo pitch all those years in the Mets bullpen. I know his heart really did want to start, and so I can't blame him for going elsewhere. What was concerning to me was that Lugo was in a position where he wasn't pitching multiple innings anymore, and he wasn't pitching back-to-back days. So I didn't see how it made sense to really get him in the uh, – in this in the starting rotation, but so far, I mean, I'm eating my words, and I'm happy to. Like I said, I, I I root for the guy. I think he's a good player. Have you been happy with his repertoire so far? Yeah, yeah. I, I, did he add a new pitch? I, I thought he I thought he said something during spring training that he was working on a new pitch. Um, but I like the first pitch strikes. Those really stood out to me in his first start. Twenty two, I think, out of twenty five batters wow. first pitch strikes. And it wasn't just all fastballs, you know, getting ahead. A lot of breaking balls in there. Obviously, we know his curveball is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The velocity's there. I'm impressed by what I've seen. Anyone that has listened to my show knows that I'm not the biggest believer in Lugo being in the rotation long term this year, but I, I, I don't think that he can't do it, you know, to start the year. I just question how long he's going to be able to do it. Right. Yeah. I think that's a very reasonable. Uh, position to take um now obviously we're each rooting for our, our respective clubs here but what do you think the series is going to wind up with what do you think the result's going to be for both teams 
Oh, man. I would lean towards the Mets probably taking two out of three. But it, I think a lot just depends on how the heck is this Padres bullpen doing? Like, how are they going to form a win? Like, if the Padres rotation can give them length, if Snell can give length, if he pitches in the finale, then I think the Padres can win the series. But if not, I, I just see the first two being split. Then it's going to be hard. Like, it's a six-man bullpen, and some nights it's like a four-man bullpen. If you're not including Hader and you're not including two guys that are down because they pitched a lot the night before, I mean, right. consistently. That's what I've seen from the... Because I put out a bullpen usage chart before every game, like the last... Uh, every reliever the last five days, how many pitches have they thrown? And a lot of it is 20-plus pitches for, like, every reliever. So that's going to lead towards some being down certain days and now you have an even shortened bullpen if you don't have a lead or it's not the ninth inning right so it's it's, it's just hard i mean with the, the mets though right like obviously without being having the closer edwin diaz like that has to be tough to get a path to victory right well yes and no uh the mets actually did a fair amount of bullpen work before diaz went down this offseason they brought in david robertson as the setup man they brought back adam Ottavino, who was there last year they traded for brooks raley so the mets had what i thought was the best bullpen in baseball before diaz went down or at least on paper the best bullpen in baseball right and so with diaz down it certainly lacks something at the at the back end but they did enough work in the offseason that i think it's it's actually a fairly it's a fairly strong bullpen. I would say it's maybe the second best in the East, which if you can be the second best bullpen in the East after losing your closer, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to go out and get somebody else to close games long-term because they signed Diaz to a five-year deal, the richest deal for any reliever in baseball history. So you're not going to go out and find a, a long-term solution there. And I think in terms of short-term solutions, to me, there's nobody really out there right now. I think there's a possibility the Mets trade for somebody at the deadline if there's if their bullpen is really in trouble and there is a, a reliever out there who is in a walk year. I can see them going after somebody. But honestly, the biggest issue with the bullpen thus far has been, um, you know, Buck Walter. Look, I, let me say this. I don't think there's a single manager in baseball who uses a bullpen the way that their fan base wishes they would. I think every manager frustrates their fans with their bullpen usage. But Buck does this thing where he tends to trust his starters a little bit too much. He doesn't get anybody up until the starter is really in trouble. And so what's happened is we've had a couple of games where if Buck had a shorter leash, the bullpen would have needed to throw some more innings, but they would have come into a clean inning. And that is always a big thing, right? Coming in at the start of an inning, not with men on base. And the biggest mystery is the Mets picked up Dennis Santana off of waivers like on March 23rd, 24th. So right before the season started, and Martinez has pitched a bunch of innings and has looked like garbage. So I think that they're just trying to see if there's anything there with him and they're going to let him go. And there are some intriguing arms in AAA right now who could be helping the bullpen, specifically Jeff Brigham, who they got from the Marlins last year, I think is a really good bullpen piece who's currently in the minors. So I, I think that you know the path to Diaz was the ideal one, but the path to Robertson is still going to be pretty good. But if, if if the if Buck can manage the starters better, that will help manage the bullpen better, and that will help everyone succeed. Yeah. Obviously. With Bob Melvin, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, even though or the only difference is there's guys warming up. He just doesn't go to them 
at times with starting pitchers. I like that. Like in the regular season, I think you got to have trust in your, I think that only helps the starting pitchers like work out of the situation. Nick Martinez the other night against the Braves, he was having some trouble commanding his breaking balls. A lot of balls down in the dirt. Bases were loaded. Bob Melvin was like, work out of this situation. He didn't. And then he went to the bullpen. And yeah, that cost, I think the Padres one run on a walk, but I think that's going to work better long-term instead of yanking guys. And then they don't have the confidence and you're going to a reliever earlier than you probably want to. And that that's more pitches on their arm early in the year, which is not what you want. Right. And again, I agree with that hypothetically, <clears throat> but like yesterday, for instance, uh, could I Senga made a second start for the Mets? You guys are missing Senga. Unfortunately, Senga is a lot of fun to watch pitch. Yeah. Um, even though you don't want to hit the fork ball, it would have been fun to, for you guys to, to, to get a look at that. But um, and Senga in the sixth inning really looked like he was done. Like in the fifth inning, he started to falter a little bit. But the sixth, as soon as it started, you just saw he's kind of done for the day. But instead of getting somebody up, they waited until, you know, almost the end of the inning to get somebody up. They didn't do a mound visit. And Senga got out of it with only one run being scored. But. As soon as you see your starter start to fade, there's no to me. There's no harm in getting a reliever up. You don't have to go to him. Oh but yeah, you yeah. Want, you you want the option there in case in case is needed, right? And uh, I think Buckus and them is a little bit um, weary to do that, but that's all right. Um, but to answer my own question, I, I think I think two out of three from the Mets sounds like an optimistic uh, assessment for me. I I will be happy with one out of three as long as they don't get blown out of the water. Um, but I'm gonna go with two out of three because that's more fun. Um, <laughs> So before I let you go, um, is there a player that maybe the Mets fans don't know about that you think they should be watching the series that's an especially exciting player? Oh, man. Ex- you know about Grisham. Uh, he's exciting. Um, position players, I mean, the good thing for Padres fans, like, it's a lot of stars. Like, even Jake Cronenworth, I know he's not a superstar, but people around baseball know who that guy is. People know mostly who Hassan Kim is. You know who Manny, you know Bogarts, you know Soto. Uh, I, I don't think Rugnet Odor as a right fielder sometimes uh, against righties, I don't think that's very exciting. Uh, David Dahl's kind of hurt right now. Jose Azokar, that's not really exciting. Um, Camposano, if he plays, he's uh, kind of like Francisco Alvarez for the Mets. He, Alvarez is probably more highly regarded uh, just around baseball than Camposano, but Camposano just hasn't gotten the shot yet. So if he gets some time in the series, uh, he's definitely an exciting player. Uh, and then in the bullpen, it's it's pretty much the same group of guys. So, yeah, it, there's not a whole lot of guys that opposing fan bases maybe wouldn't know on this roster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, best of luck to the Padres this series and this season. And... Um, I believe the Mets travel out there not not terribly far into the season. I I forget now when the Mets are traveling there. Do you do you have it in offhand? I don't know offhand, no. I'm gonna look this up quickly. But uh yeah, the, the schedule is just so weird so far. Um it, it's hard to know when anything is really happening. <laughs> um July, Mets- July seventh through the ninth. Okay. All right, there we go. All right, well maybe we'll chat again before then and see how the teams are stacking up. Oh, that's right before the, the all star break. That'll yeah. be fun. Yep.